Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. And now a word from our sponsors. Yes, we got sponsors. First up, Foo Wax. The best wax in the game. This stuff is so sticky and grippy, you'll never slip off your stick again. Ever. Ever. Again. So go to your local surf shop. And, and make sure they carry it. And if they don't, demand it. Demand it. You'll be stoked. Try it out. Our next sponsor, Bonsai Bowls. Oh. I know a lot of our listeners have, have had one of these. And if they haven't, they're going to now. They're missing out. They're missing out. It's a healthy, delicious, amazing, fresh acai bowl with tons of fruit and organic like ingredients. They've got five locations in Southern California. From Huntington to San Clemente and all in between. Two in Hawaii. Two in Hawaii for that, those on the North Shore. And, um, you know, come support these guys. They have amazing Asahi bowls and they support the West Coast board riders and a lot of the surf events up and down the coast. And they've made it a lot easier With to get them. They've got their own app now. That's right. Go to your app store and download Bonsai Bowl app and you can pre-order, prepay, and just go pick up. Cut cut through the line. And for our listeners of the Late Night with Chalky podcast, you're going to get 15 off your next bowl. A 15% discount off yes. Bonsai Bowls. That's insane. Um, so make sure to mention the Late Night with Chalky podcast and you get 15% off That's at right. Bonsai Bowls. And one of our other favorite restaurants, oh, Caliente, Caliente OC. Caliente Southwest.com. They offer healthy Mexican style food with local uh, organic ingredients. Family owned. Family owned. Their phone number is 949-515-0909. And our listeners get 15% off there as well. Yeah. So mention Late Night with Chalky Podcast and get 15% off at Caliente OC. And both these guys are great at catering events. So you could use them for a shop event, corporate event, birthday event, wedding, all of the above. They love to party. And last but not least, we are super stoked to welcome Olo Clip as a new sponsor of the Late Night with Chalky podcast. What is Oloclip? Uh, they make the original mobile lens system for your phone. So these can make clips that hold the lenses, the cases that are designed to make it really easy to get the clip on the phone. So check them out at oloclip.com. And for all the Late Night with Chalky podcast listeners, they get 10% off. That's, that's huge. Huge. So at checkout, the code is SURF10, that's S-U-R-F, the number 10, and you get 10% off Oloclip. And you guys got to check check out our Instagram. We're going to be posting pictures with these wide, in, wide lens uh, angles, uh, fish eye, all kinds of cool like photo options with your phone. And for you uh, rich dudes out there, like late night, they do make cl- uh, <laughs> lenses for iPhone 11s. What? What? Epic. Thank you, sponsors. Thank you. Friends and family, <laughs> brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Welcome. We got two incredible guests. 
Um, you guys are going to be stoked on this. We got a veteran in the industry, curator of Roxy with 20 years at Quicksilver. And then we have the women's face of Roxy, the 90s. And I mean, I don't even know. She just dominated the sport the entire decade, I think. And uh, she won four consecutive world titles, Lisa Anderson. Consecutive? Consecutive. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Holy crap. Wait, don't you need to win 11 to be cool these days? (laughs) Nobody's going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's awesome. Randy, Randy, how many world titles you got, Randy? I got nothing, but I draft behind you, and that's all I need. (laughs) That's all you need. So, Thank you guys for uh, coming on the show. All right. Uh, We're going to start off ladies first. Okay, and we kind of start off. The first question is, uh, where were you born, and how'd you get into surfing, Lisa? Whew, that's a deep one. Um, <laughs> well, I was born in um, Amityville, New York. New York. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and did you live uh, in that crazy horror house, Amityville Horror no, House? No, I was born in Lindenhurst Hospital, which is in Amityville, and then Lindenhurst hospital ended up turning into a psych ward whoa <laughs> i was gonna say that's a cool name lindenhurst but yeah well the funny thing is like right up right not far from lindenhurst is a town called huntington beach so it's kind of funny what? How weird yeah or huntington yeah huntington something like that on the way to like montauk but um i got into surfing when i moved to florida which is wasn't till like um the like early 80s early so, 80s yeah and uh just we moved from i lived in virginia for some time grew up there mostly and then moved to florida when i was in middle school and started surfing because we moved like a block from the beach and like i didn't have any friends so that was kind of like my i gravitated towards the beach i lived a block away i walked down because everyone used to hang out at the spot so i basically just ended up um you know, to meet friends, I just started going in the ocean and surfing, borrowing boards and stuff. Was nice. there other girls surfing at that time? Not really. I mean, I don't remember seeing any. There might have been just, there might have been, but I don't remember too much. About so that. you weren't too shy. You're just like, screw it. I'm going out there. I'm going to meet some <laughs> um, people. I'm pretty sure I would have had, you know, whatever my way was back then. I, I'm, I was a tomboy. Duh. But yeah, so I just... <laughs> I just kind of gravitated towards all the dudes and like hung out with them and and uh, yeah, just the beach was such a you know cool place and um, you know eventually like I just sort of palled around with a few few of the guys and and learned to surf. Nice. Do you remember your first surfboard? I do. It was it was pink. Uh, that's all I remember. I knew one of the guys from um, Daytona had made it. Um, I borrowed. Um, one of the guys boards all the time at the beach, but then a few of the crew got together and made one for me. Wow. So it was like a t- little pink twin fin. Uh, that's all I really remember. My dad kind of destroyed that for me, so I didn't keep it, but I wish I had kept it. <laughs> so <laughs> it yeah. cool. how, how was your progression? It sounds like you got good pretty quickly or what? Um, I don't, I mean, God, so vague. I don't remember so much about my learning the surf i do remember just like trying to get out in the surf because florida i mean you tend to get like these swells that are wind swells and the the currents are just getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners 
Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. It's crazy. So people would just do pickups and jump in the pickup truck and get dropped off like a couple miles up the beach and then paddle out and then you just drift, drift so far. Down. And so um, I would not make it out and then have to walk back up the beach like a mile, jump back in and try again and try again. Cause yeah. it, was, it was like duck diving, duck diving. So for me, it was just like, you know, I, I eventually like just stood up on waves and started riding the face of the waves, which was kind of, I remember like one time when I did that and then it just was like instant hooked. You're just hooked. That's yeah. cool. We know that hook. We love it. Yeah. That. Yeah. It's such a cool feeling. Okay. Randy, you're up, yeah. bud. Bye, buddy. How, how did you get into <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the wonderful world of surfing? Uh, Ray Bay. No way. 19, 1968, riding a Chuck Dent, round pin. Wow. Ray Bay. Wow. Who, who introduced epic. you into surfing? Uh, you know what? I think it was some older dudes. We were all in Boy Scouts together. So, um, you know, about age 12, um, we all discovered surfing together and quickly quit Boy Scouts and became Ray, <laughs> Ray, Ray Bay numbskulls for sure. So um, are you from Seal Beach then or? Uh, I grew up in Garden Grove with um, friends of Sean Stucy. We're both fellow Grovers, as as is most of the people that work at Huntington Surf and Sport, yeah. I think. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, I'm a fellow Grover and just rode my bike to Ray Bay. That was the closest beach to where I lived. And we would make those little rocks. You know, we'd rip the wheels off of the local local shopping malls, you know, the little the little shopping carts. We'd take the wheels off and steal two-by-fours from Lumberyard and make a surf rack and that could go to our bike and ride our bikes to Ray Bay. Wow. You made That's surf odd. racks back then? No, we would make like it. a trailer. Yeah, we'd make a little trailer for the back of our ten-speed goofy bikes. You know, damn, just... you guys are smart. I, I I handheld my board for my my rides to the beach. Yeah, Lyndon, but he was in the Boy Scouts, so you know, he, <laughs> that, that's what they did. Come yeah. on, we we build stuff, we make stuff, we save lives, we be, we're prepared. You know. You know <laughs> oh my gosh, I had one handbrake. <laughs> yeah, and spiked metal pedals. So Randy, it was just you and like kind of your 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 young crew. Was there any uh, um, like father figures that drove you guys down at all, or do you have? Family? Not really. I mean, the moms would drive us, and as soon as we got cars, we we you know head straight for Huntington. So we kind of hung out at Golden West, Seventeenth Street, the Wall. We call it. That was our high school spot. And then yeah. as soon as I got a job and could could bail, I moved to Newport and was part of the Echo Beach crew in the. You know, late 70s, early 80s, not really in the crew, not 54th guys. I was more 40th Street, just but kind of lived through that whole era of, you know, 
sex, drugs, rock and roll, Newport Beach. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> You're going way too fast for us here, buddy. Sorry, buddy. Hey, we got to dissect each one of those segments right there. Yeah. So, so Lisa. Yes. You started at 12, 13 years old, something like that, right? Yeah. It's yeah, a little older, maybe, maybe and, 14, but. And then did, were you starting to surf like amateur contest getting in the surfing contest or what I, I did a couple i did a couple of those east coast uh esa thingies but um, you had to compete against the boys right yeah i mean there a lot of times there weren't girls to fill up a, a heat yeah so um you know i would just surf in guys heats or something like that or they would have if the, if another girl showed up it'd be two girls and you guaranteed a trophy so i was like <laughs> sweet um but yeah like that's i mean i only did a couple before i mean it, it all happened so fast i started surfing and then like not long maybe a few months after that is when i bailed so you when you say bailed you you ran away and came yeah. to huntington and then i came to hb and um then uh so what you were yeah. like 15 14 yeah 15 almost 16 or right about there dude and that's just because the parents weren't 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 psyched on your surfing. Yeah, I mean there was a lot of stuff going on back. Yeah. you know the you know just my parents were going through stuff, but um, I just yeah I was a little shithead. I was pretty much a delinquent, so I yeah. I bailed. And, bailed. And you had, and without you had getting a, into it too much. Do you have friends in Huntington already that you? Uh, I did. With? I one yeah. that the, one of the crew that helped build that surf, first surfboard for me was in Huntington. He actually worked at Spanners. Yeah, yep. Spanners. Right, he was a he was a surfboard builder by trade, and um, he had been all over. Like he'd been to Hawaii, made boards. You know, he was a glasser. Um, and then, so when I first moved out there with him, uh, you know, I, I I went to Spanners and started sanding wet sanding boards, like kind of helping him. Wow, to, with no like, experience, just just said, you know what, I need to get a job. I'm gonna. I'm right, going out right, of sandboards. Right. Cool. Right. So I started doing that. I, I kind of just didn't really care for that too much, but then I ended up working in Mazzotti's. Yes. Tables. Mazzotti's <laughs> rocked. <laughs> so, and so Huntington that, Beach yeah. was kind of freaking shady back then, too, right? <laughs> yeah. I remember that. What's that place called on the corner? Like where, where Chuck dances now? That used to be um, like a, a nightclub, like a punk rock. Mazzotti's, you mean? No, no, no. What Chuck Dents is right now. Oh, now. Oh, oh. Yeah. I can't remember that Off place. Off Adams. But where Starbucks is, used to be a big empty parking lot, you know, but next to, uh, like, all that was just so different then. Yeah. Yeah. Big parking was lot. so different when you, when you first, well, yeah. yeah, when you first came out here. So. But there's a lot of Florida, like, surfers that would come out and spend the summers there and, and yep. come and hang out, that do the, do the events, you know, on the West Coast in the summer or just come out and surf. Yeah, yeah. Our little buddy Slater used to come out all the time, and I was working in a frozen yogurt shop, actually next to Sugar Shack. And uh, he came in to get frozen yogurt a bunch. And you know who <laughs> you knew who he was back then? Yeah, he, he was I mean, already kind of like a surfing star. Yeah, I mean, I was still doing contests, so I was uh, went over to the East Coast Championships, and uh, you know, he would just—he's so funny. Like he would even then, they're like calling him for his heat, and he's like not showing up to get his jersey and he's only like 15 you know too cool already he's, huh he's still too cool dog to get his jersey and uh it's pretty funny um hey those guys only need 15 minutes i only need five so, <laughs> so going out with like a minute a minute late in the heat and win going back to uh first coming over i mean even before coming over what what uh 
were the deciding factors to for you to like up and leave and how did you get the money like that's kind of crazy for a 15 year old yes i worked with my mom at a pancake house so i had like i was busting tables so that's kind of like my little thing and i had some money maybe like 200 dollars um this is just going to be real quick because it's too long but i basically knew i was going to bail when one that person had communicated with me in california and said hey you know why you ever thought about coming out here and i was like in trouble sure you know i had been in uh juvenile detention for having a moped in my possession that was not mine and uh so basically when i was on home arrest i just uh bailed my mom had gone out of town my dad was like kind of just not really coherent he was in and out of the house like i don't know he was in his own world so i just bailed one day i called a cab he he quoted me 80 dollars to orlando holy so crap. i had so i got to orlando airport never been on a plane before bought a ticket for 190 dollars to lax <laughs> one way and then got on the plane like six hours later no one questioned your like age or oh come on dude no. this is this no. is back in the day nobody wow. no like you, I just went to every counter like hey what's what what's your cheapest flight one way to Los Angeles um, and it was Eastern Airlines I remember that <laughs> those guys are gone right there's no Eastern Airlines yeah. no crazy yeah, I just That's remember why. there was no flight there was no flights till the next morning I had to sleep on the floor in the airport that night dude you're so gnarly gnarly. <laughs> So Randy, you went to you went to uh, Garden Grove High or some one of the schools there. Did you go to yeah. college after? Yeah, Pacifica High School uh, was the high school, and then Golden West College right in HBE, and then Long Beach State uh, was kind of my educational path. But um, took you're, you're the smartest years. guy on Facetime right now. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Took me seven years to finish four years of school, so no, I, I wouldn't say I was smart. <laughs> hey, what was, Randy, what don't feel thing? bad. It took me seven years not to finish. <laughs> it took him seven years to figure out. I, I don't need to be here. <laughs> what were you majoring in? What were you uh, interested in? What were uh, I was an art. I was an art major with the dream of I'm going to be some studio artist and just make cool looking stuff and surf all day and live the dream and then I graduated and the reality of how to pay rent was was in my face and were you painting or like were you drawing yeah kind of everything drawing I was a drawing painting major so I was a fine art major did you know did big canvases to little drawings to describe describe what you what your inspiration was like what what kind of stuff did you paint uh, you know, kind of pop art was always my influence. You know, okay. everything from Andy Andy Warhol to yeah, yeah. kind of it was that era, right? And yeah. then you know, my my real icons were guys that lived in L.A. in Venice. You know, Ed Ruscha, you know, Edward Moses, this group of guys. They were all kind of surf guys that just were living the dream. So I kind of looked to those guys like, oh, I want to do that. That's yeah. what I want to do. I want to work in a studio and just be on my own schedule. But then reality sits in and. You know, real job sets in, and kind of how do I do all this? And were you, you watching uh, Stussy kind of blossoming, blossoming into what he was becoming? Or yeah, he was still kind of just this is kind of pre-shaping. He was okay. still kind of sweeping floors at Chuck Dan. That's how we kind of first met. It was actually in HB, you know. So yeah, he was just a grommet, you know, groupie like I was hanging around the pier, you know, kind of 
kind of Lisa's story, but just different, you know, like 10 years earlier and just, just a grommet. We were, you know, not on the pro surfing path, but just, you know, we were just both stoked on the surf deal, you know, so yeah. we were just groupies, you know, That's awesome. I, I never shaped or anything, you know, but I was surely surfing Huntington beach and hung up at Georgia surf center and you know, <laughs> got smoothies and Get some jams. <laughs> Cans and saw cool George with all the cool chicks. Yeah, no, come on. I would have did that. <laughs> so what it's interesting. It's sorry, it's interesting that, you know, we all have similar stories of like we grew up inside surf shops, you know, when we we're kids and we're infused in this culture and the surfing. And I mean, everybody always asks, like, hey, how did you get into the industry and do this? It's like, I don't I don't know. I was always in the industry. I don't I don't yeah. I can tell you like this is just what you know, what we did. Yeah. Yeah, it comes down to passion, you know, I mean, I, I teach a few classes up at Art Center, you know, and, and the students always want to ask, how'd you get your career? You know, how'd, how'd you do it? And, and, you know, I basically just say what you just said. I just like, you just, you, you've got to really, you got to touch on your passion, whatever that is, yeah. you know, whether it's, whether it's being your dreams to be a car designer or, or, or dream to be a, you know, lifestyle of surfing, just, you got to commit, you know, so I think that's, you know, that's the best tip I could give anyone is just stay true to who you are, you know? Yeah. So, so Lisa, going back to you, you're in Huntington Beach. Do you remember, like, who, what the local crew that you surfed, you know, with and against and yeah. whatever? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, there's still guys out at Northside right now still, <laughs> still harassing you when you go out there. Um, actually, I'm there pretty guys are pretty cool now they're like hey i remember you you're like this big or something you're like yeah, yeah. <laughs> um you know when you talk about surf shops for i mean obviously there's some there were some good times like one one memory i would have is like at robert august shop before it burnt down you know yeah and there'd be like i think the first pro surfers like legit pros i met were like michael ho Derek ho hans hedeman Basically, like the the victory team, yeah. The victory wetsuits yep. was like kind of a, a big deal, and so it'd be like um, Kim Kim Merrick and stuff like that, and her famous pink and yellow yeah, suit. Yeah. And <clears throat> the guys would just come in from surfing and just hang out at the shop. I mean, that's what you did. You just everyone would just put their boards in the side rack, you know, and just shower off in the back or whatever, change, and then hang out. Yeah. It was definitely the hot spot. Yeah, it was super fun and. I'm, I'm trying to uh, think, was Nia Post still, was, uh, yeah. she was, was she your age or is she younger? She's younger, but, um, but not much. Younger, not much, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 yeah Cause, Cause she I mean, was like the only like real Huntington beach surfer from, from back then. And then there was also Janice Aragon too. Yeah. 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 She's Janice still rolling. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, yeah, Nia was so super cool. Um, and I didn't go to school, so like everyone was like, "How come you're not in school?" Like, oh. <laughs> um, so I got to yeah. tell you a funny story, Lisa. You and I had a run-in. Oh, yeah. I, I had to bring her? this up. I'm so no, dude. She's Lisa. <laughs> Lisa, you had kind of like that bowl cut, you know, and <laughs> I think you were wearing. I I, I kind of I distinctly remember you were wearing a, a spring suit. Alita spring suit. It was like gray. You, I took off on a wave. You took off in front of me and just kept going. Didn't look back. And then I cut out, you cut out and you turned around and you go, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, nothing. 
that could have been a John Parmenter influence. Or, it could have uh, been, yeah. Bad Dad. Yeah, uh, John that, or Dave, I, one I, or the other. Craig Komen, probably. Yeah, yeah. Oh Those guys were enforcers, man. Yeah. I think that Those guys were gnarly. And they didn't. Was Craig Komen from Huntington Beach? No, right? No, but I think that just having that, like, you know, and then I, then I lived with Richie Collins for a while, which was extremely <laughs> messed up. But was, How long was that stint? Not his, not him, but his sister and Greg Mungle, actually. But, okay. Um, <laughs> I love Mungle. But just, like, if you think about those characters, like, the negative, just that negative energy that yeah. I had to deal with, and then that, that ended up, like... You know, made making me, you tougher. Made me, yeah, maybe in a good way. But then sometimes, like now, when I look back, when I get those like <laughs> temper tantrums, <laughs> that's where it comes from. I, I look back at that and just laugh my ass off because I'm like, whoa, I got snaked <laughs> by the by the four time world champion. Oh, I'm so, <laughs> so sorry. Anderson. Is it too late to say I'm sorry? <laughs> I don't care, man. He deserved it. I probably deserved it. I've done it before. I owe you one. I owe you one. <laughs> no, no, don't worry about it. So, so how? I mean, who was your first sponsor once you got into Huntington? Uh, it was Alita Wetsuits. Alita Wetsuits, okay. Yeah, Wayne Brown. Um, I'm the late Wayne Brown. I mean, the, him, uh, his crew there. They were also located in Huntington. Yeah, right? yeah. See, right where well the parking lot is, like where um, is it like the candy store, the chocolate store, or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so they they had their factory right there. I mean, it was you know pretty crazy. And then um, through those guys, and then they had what was the surf shop across from that? Was it their surf shop? Or was surf shop? What was the name of that place? Um, but, I don't remember. But that was my first sponsor as far as like sticker. You had a wetsuit because I didn't have a wetsuit. I was freezing. I was, yeah. I, I I ended up getting a surfboard that was shaped by uh, Randy Rarick. That wow. was sitting on the rack. So that was like the board I learned to surf on, on the north side, pretty much. So. And that... then the balusters, then the balusters came, Tom Ballister. Yeah. And then I got sponsored by those guys. So. And Ballister. Any clothing sponsored yet? Uh, I think later, a little bit later, offshore. Okay. Offshore, yeah. Through Craig Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and were you competing on like the, you know, I don't even know what they had back then. WSA, I was just doing NSSA? the NSSAs and all that stuff. Like the NSSAs, the WSA, PSAA. I don't know. There's so many of them. <laughs> yeah. Like all those like contests and stuff. And then, yeah, just kind of hanging out at the contest. It was best to like find a contest, stay there all day because I was so worried about like, you know, just a, I was a street kid. So I have nowhere else to go. Yeah. Damn, yeah. that's crazy. Um, at 15, 16 years old. So- that's a, yeah. that's Randy, a, you didn't rescue me soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, Randy, when, what did you what what work did you do while going through college? Where did you work? Um, you know, after college, I kind of quickly bailed. I had some friends that started a company in Santa Barbara. Um, so, I had about a ten year run working in Santa Barbara, not in the surf industry, but then, you know, again, but started hanging at surf shops. Roger Nance at Surf and Wear, and the and Al Al Merrick, and a good friend who was the Rip Curl rep. At the time, Marty Gilchrist was a good friend, still is a good friend, and he just got me into the industry, me to the ASR show in 1982. I remember it like it was yesterday. He goes, Randy, you got to come check out this trade show. Yeah, whatever. Why? Why? Yeah, I know. It's what's happening. You should see it. And I walk in the front doors at, at Long Beach Convention Center, 82, and, you know, 
Quicksilver barely had a booth. Gotcha was kind of rock. And Jimmy Z had a big, huge booth. OP had, had the biggest booth. And it was just like, it just clicked. It was just like, dang, this is what I want to do. I want to work in this district. <laughs> so, you know, you know, long story short, you know, I ended up back in Orange County 10 years later working at, at, at Roxy. And, and McKnight hired me in 91, I think it was. Um, they actually acquired a swimwear company I worked at called Raisin Swimwear. Mm. Uh, and I'd so that was your time. first job, Raisins. That, that was my real first job, kind of in the industry, real yeah. legit. Um, and, you know, they did trade shows. Um, I kind of had, I did sales marketing, did everything for them, kind of got my feet wet a little bit in the industry. And then Quicksilver acquired them in 91 with the intention of let's bring some women's expertise into our building. You know, we got just a bunch of this boys club. You know, we had Willie Morris selling Roxy, you know, Roxy shorts, you know, kind of thing. And not that he didn't know what he was doing, of course, because he's the legend Willie, but you know, they, they learned enough that they learned what they didn't know. Right. So they, they learned, let, let's get some people that have done some women's experience in the building. So that was a really kind of a nice acquisition. Um, and then, um, yeah, I don't know. We're kind of fast forwarding into like the Lisa era, but yeah, we can't know. do that. We, we're, we're not going to skip over. There's a lot. Let's, yeah, let, there's let's a go big back gap. To Lisa. Her, her stories. No, are no, 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 no. Her stories are way more fun. <laughs> yeah. So, Lisa, how long were you in Huntington for? And then what happened after Huntington? I mean, this all this crazy stuff happened in, in kind of a year and a half. Like, as far as me leaving Florida, getting to Huntington, surfing, and then competing as an amateur, but then um, just turning pro after, you know, surfing in contests that were pro-ams and couldn't take the money. So, like, there was something in my, you know, I was thinking, God, I need the money. So <laughs> yeah. why, am, why am I like taking, you know, second after winning these or beating the pros? And, uh, you know, then there was no real, real protocol or, or, you know, you couldn't turn pro till you're 18 or you win, won the ISAs, all this stuff. And I was, you know, 17 years old with nothing. And I was, you know, so I decided to basically, I don't know what you used to say, I'm pro now. Like there was no, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like a contract, but um, so I just, uh, you know, started the pursuit of, you know, wanting to compete on tour, but I had to like start, you know, asking for money and sponsorship. Yeah. And, 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 and during all that, I was like, you know, hanging with Dave Parmenter, living up in San Luis Obispo, like kind of cruising around, just, you know, went over to Rusty Surfboards, you know, Dave started shaping my boards, um, just meeting crew, traveling with him and, and. Um, so, yeah, so stuff started to change pretty quick. So you went from Ballister to Parmenter's board to Rusty? Or, or both Rusty and Parmenter at the nice, same time. Because, nice. yeah, Parmenter was shaping with Rusty. It's crazy so. how how uh, how big Rusty surfboards were at that one point Huge. in time. For the longest yeah. stretch there. Like, you know, they had amazing icons of surfing. Aki was riding them. You were riding yeah. them. Yeah, it's crazy. And did you notice... Because, I mean, I, I'm sure Larson would, would because he's a pro surfer and you're a pro surfer. But did you feel like, oh, shit, you know, it's not just my mind, but from, you know, not saying that Ballister's not a great shaper, but you know what I mean? Like, did you feel and see progression yeah. when you yeah. started riding, you know, <clears throat> better shapers boards? Yeah, I, I mean, I did. And I had Dave to thank for that because he was always teaching and we were always filming together, videoing and our free surfs and. He had a lot, so much knowledge that I tapped into, 
and uh, wouldn't know that I would need that knowledge until later, but yeah. it was all kind of stored away in memory. But um, yeah, there was a, definitely a lot and a lot of things that he, you know, helped introduce me to, especially Rusty. Rusty and I had a good relationship. Rusty started listening to me and, and watching me surf and helping me, uh, you know, understand what surfboards were about and how, and you know, just all that. It's just very yeah. confusing. Yeah. And, and if There's you don't lot. have an eye to see things, you're frustrated. You're like, I don't know what you're talking about. This just feels good under my arm. Yeah. I think it works good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Watching, watching yourself on video is, is, I mean, probably the best way to improve, but also having the ability to get lots of boards or having yeah. somebody fine tune those boards and working together. I mean, you can get a ton of boards, but if that shaper isn't working with you and helping you understand what is good and what is bad, it's, it's kind of like, you don't yeah, you're, you're, you're spinning your wheels and not really yeah. progressing. I mean, how many times do you go into a surf shop and you pick up boards on the rack and you're like, oh, this thing feels so sick. And then you end up buying it. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, why did I buy this thing? Is not <laughs> and then your shaper's like, why didn't you just order a custom? Like, like oh, it just felt so good, you know? So it just yeah. goes to show that. Um, hey, that's how we used to get, sell get, surfboards at Huntington Surf and Sport. <laughs> how good you does that feel into your arm, man? <laughs> How, feel, how good uh, does that feel on the rails and the gotta thickness? Do your homework. <laughs> yeah. So, you you uh, you were starting to surf contests, and you, did you start winning them? Like, was there was there women specific contests yet, or there were? Uh, yeah, there were some women. Uh, I I didn't lose a single contest, you know, um, for a long time. <laughs> uh, but there was just like um, not a lot. I mean, I guess there was quite a few girls up and down the coast, but you, I don't think a lot of girls could make it to every contest. I mean, there was just such a lack of like, you know, uh, yeah. support for the girls back then, obviously, <clears throat> you know, it was still very, um, male yeah, dominant. Just, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like it's, it's still a new sport overall. Like, right. You know, look how young surfing is, is anyway. Who, but, do you um, remember who you were competing against back then? Yeah. Who was your rival? Yeah. I mean, I was surfing against, Oh gosh, can I even remember these people? Uh, well, obviously Janice was one of my big rivals because yeah. she was um, in the NSSAs. I wasn't in school, so I wasn't allowed to do the opens, which was frustrating because yeah. I would sit there and watch. Like, it would, uh. but um, you Alyssa? know, there was Alyssa Schwartzstein. Alyssa, yes, yeah, sorry, Alyssa, um, um, oof, Joe the, the Smith twins. I, maybe they were on tour already, mm. but didn't do a lot of the amateur stuff. I honestly, I can't even. I can't remember. But you were winning them. So you you finally picked up like a, a sponsor that that gave you a salary? Um, no, I didn't really quite have a salary yet. I, I actually went to Bob Hurley after sending letters to everyone from Danny Kwok to to Tyler Calloway at Beachtown. Town. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> to, like, <laughs> to like, you know, I mean, there were some stuffy people back then. Like, I was just like, maybe I just wasn't the most attractive girl in the world, but I was just like, I just needed sponsorship and yeah. I didn't know how to go about doing it. Maybe I was just rude or I don't know. Maybe it was the approach, but, um, but you were it doing was, it. But Bob was like, Bob's like, Hey, once you check out everyone, like I even sent, uh, I met Debbie Beecham actually. She sent me, she took me to a trade show in um, San Diego and she introduced me to a lot of the industry people. And, uh, and sorry, who was that? Betty Beecham? Debbie Beecham. Debbie Beecham. Okay. Uh, she was a former world champion. Yep, yep. Um, and uh, I just like uh, would send letters to everyone from Levi's. Didn't matter. Like I got their address. I sent it to them. Wow. And um, <laughs> Bob, Bob Hurley was just like, if you you know you try everyone, you can't figure it out. Give me a call. So I was like, 
job. <laughs> Here I am. Um, I just want to go to Japan. Like, there's a contest in Japan. Can you? I would love to just go. That would be my first pro event in Japan. And so I went over there with Billabong on my board. They, they bought me a ticket. I stayed with the Billabong team. <laughs> and that's when I first met Aki and Butto and Rabbit and the whole Aussie crew. And wow. that was like my first like big big introduction to pro surfing was that your first like overseas trip or were you did you do any surfing travel before that <clears throat> I, did, I did one overseas trip and that was to the world amateur champs in england uh and uh that was the only other time i'd flown internationally yeah. wow but japan How, like, how'd you do the one in, in england did you win i won <laughs> i got third <laughs> what yeah yeah it's a, it kind you of went a all the story, way to but... England and got third? Come on, man. Yeah, the stupid thing was like I was having a big flight blow up apparently with uh, Craig Komen and uh, our team captain, which was um, uh, Chris Brown's dad. Okay. And um, I don't know what happened. Apparently, like I was, I won and I could have won, but I went out and just didn't – I surfed white washes on purpose to the beach. <sighs> Oh, did you have a tantrum then? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep. You went all the way Greg, to England and like had a tantrum. Rocks at me or something like that. And um, yeah, so I messed that one up. He still got there taking white waters. <laughs> How many people were in the heat? Uh, what? How many like people were in that heat? Probably. Six? Uh, I think there's four. Okay. I think there's four. <laughs> I think it was like me, Connie Nixon, uh, uh, and a girl from France, and then I forget who else. But um, yeah, stupid stuff like that. that. I'll show you. (laughs) You can't tell me what to do. I'm going to take off the whitewash. So those are my memories that I have. That sounds pretty messed up, right? That's awesome. (laughs) So so Japan was your first like major professional world tour. Um, stop. Yep. And how how'd you do at that event? I bombed out. Um, I think I got thirteenth or something like that. Didn't make the main event. I'm not sure, but I didn't do very good because I uh, I didn't make a great impression on on the other girls. And uh, <laughs> I just remember <laughs> just remember going back and like packing up my suitcase. I was like ready to. I wasn't going to do the tour. I didn't like it. I didn't like the reception. I didn't like the atmosphere the pressure um and then i just remember rabbit giving me a pep talk wow yeah and then everyone got drunk that night and aki ended up running naked around the house (laughs) and and papa-san and (laughs) mama-san said that we couldn't stay there anymore because (laughs) because i guess they ripped all the paper off the doors and like they went crazy like oh my god i was like wow maybe i do want to be on tour (laughs) (laughs) that's classic and it was a traditional like Japanese style home, right? Like yeah, it was very papered uh, doors. It was, and... it was such. It was so bad. Like they were. It was terrible what we did, or I didn't do it. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was crazy. Where, where was the contest at? There, um, Chiba. Chiba. Yeah. Chiba. Yeah. yeah. So um, what did but, what did Rabbit say to you? Oh, he just said, you know, because um, I was upset, and I guess. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of like vague, but I think before I got on tour, and I was in the in the magazine quoted as saying something pretty bad um, <laughs> when uh, I was asked who I was going to travel with when I started doing the tour, 
<laughs> and so that was in quotation marks in the in the. Of course magazine. it was. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that was like my first experience of. You just can't, you can't say stupid things. <laughs> Plus, you you can't even talk to the media. Like you can't be that honest and open with, with your feelings. Like straight up, like they're gonna post whatever you say. Wow, it's so, crazy. And we're so in the surf industry. And all the girls were waiting for me with open arms. <laughs> and uh, I got a I got a lecturing, which is what I deserved. And yeah. so they basically sat me down and said, "Hey, you know that is not cool. You know you're just a little brat. You know." You know, they they basically sat me down and just put me in my place, and yeah. I I realized that that was that I messed up, and um, but at the same time I was <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see like anything getting any better. I, I was just feeling pretty pretty kicked down. So I I told Rabbit the story, and he was like, "Hey man, he's like, there, you know, you basically, you know, you got put in your place. They're right, and you're wrong. You need to you need to you need to step up and." Um, you know, come clean and do, you know, whatever. So, yeah, he, he saw your talent. He saw what you're yeah. capable of. And he was just trying to give you good, you know, guidance and support. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Like, I'll never, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that event. Rabbit to the rescue. Day. Yeah. <laughs> he just called it as he saw it though. Or you just yeah, called it as he much. saw it too. He said, you know, you can't he, do that. <laughs> you just go. He, like, he didn't set Aki down, told him not to run around naked <laughs> and grip walls down though, right? In the meantime, everyone's doing shots. <laughs> So, I mean, then, you know, like the girls just, I think just the fact that the girls stuck together and traveled together to make it on tour. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was what people thought. And, um, you know, sure. It might've like led to things like that, but, but that's just human nature. Yeah. Yeah. So at that time, who was your, who did you think that was your rival? Cause that, then uh, it was like I mean, Pam Burridge. <laughs> is this is this like eighty nine ninety? This or is what? like yeah. And yeah. so basically, then on the tour, like it was top eight, and so you had to surf like trials mm-hmm. to break through. Yeah. To to get seated higher, to you know, kind of get closer to the top eight, which is the main event, to make money. Um, I I kind of hit a wall every time because I didn't know how to compete. I was like, what's this priority thing? I didn't know what that was. Uh, you know, not sitting and waiting for good waves. Like I was just catching waves and not really, and then kicking out of them. Like no, <laughs> no idea how to compete whatsoever. That's crazy. So I would just, just keep getting the same result. Ninth, 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 13, 13, 13. Until it finally like broke that and got ninth all the time. But then I would, you know how you just get seated against the same surfer every time. Right. You never beat them. That was my whole deal. Like I would get seated against the same person and they just had experience over me. And that's. Who, who was that? Do you remember? I remember surfing against like Tony Sawyer over and over again, ah. and also one of the Smith twins over and over again. Who was that? Jo- uh, Georgia and Jolene Smith. Yes, yeah. yes. And then was it Pauline Menser? Yes. Jody yes. Cooper, Pam Burridge. Yeah. Pam, I was surfing against Wendy Botha, um, Frida Zamba, Kim was even there. Um, uh, a ton of girls. Um, and I would just get draw the same girl, and she would just know mentally how to get me because I just I was <laughs> yeah. oblivious, you know. But uh, honestly, I, I can honestly say, in my opinion, your style was so much better than any of those people. Yeah, you served like a guy, and that's not in but, any disrespect. That we looked at you as like, wow, she's like the Tom Curran of women, yeah, of, of women, like style. Well, that, that's then that that would be an actual you know, dream come true to be recognized like that for me. Like that's like the highest flattery you could ever have. Who, who did you kind of like look up to and yeah, pattern yourself? Much, 
I mean, do you remember? I don't know if you remember, Jay. Remember, Ian Cairns came out with these videotapes. They were called the Fundamentals of Surfing. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, my God, where are those things? They're so <laughs> insane. I've been trying to find them, but he can't. He has them. And I had copies of them, and Dave and I would watch them over and over and over again. And and this is when I, later on, when I started working with Sonny Miller, I wanted to do something like this with Sonny, do this sort of um, training. Yeah. But the fact that the, the, what made it so cool was they zoomed in on Tom's legs, his ankles, his knees, his hands, and the rail of his board. And so yep. it was like this, wow. uh, like a sympathy of, <laughs> I don't know if it was just the most flow master thing you've ever seen. And I was mesmerized. I watched it over and over and over and over again. Yeah. It was small little waves of trigs, like tiny little waves um, and then his his ability to read the wave and do things on the wave was just like I couldn't I was like completely hooked, and that for me is probably what I attribute to, um, yeah, wanting to surf like that. Yeah, yeah. We're Coffee. gonna have to get Kanga on, man. That sounds mm. like we had PT on uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, those guys have done more for for surfing, you know, the sport of surfing than anybody else. Janice Aragon too. Yes. But it's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. There's a handful, you know, from Rabbit to Janice, obviously to PT and yeah. and Ian. There's, you know, Randy Rarick in Hawaii. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of just those, you know, guys that just have embedded themselves in, in making surfing better for yeah. the, for yeah. everybody. Definitely. So, but this isn't about them, it's about you <laughs> and Randy. Yeah. <laughs> and Miller. <laughs> yeah. So what did you when uh you said you started working with Sonny Miller? What was that uh relationship uh, like? What was that? Was he filming you? Was he coaching you? What was that? No, Miller no. No, Miller and I didn't start working together till, you know, Roxy days. Um and okay, so before, but actually before but I we remember st- meeting Miller in Japan that actual event because he okay. was working at Surfer magazine and he was doing the, the Surfer uh all of those shows that he yeah. was doing. <laughs> every wednesday um, night they come on yeah so Hot i remember summer meeting there just briefly like just a little bit but later on i you know worked with sunny with you know randy and roxy and and that whole thing and that was just like you know awesome yeah so after billabong then you started writing for quicksilver op op oh so that's I, right I do so remember. basically what happened was right around that whole time i was starting to do the tour kim merrick was Kim Merrick was going to retire and Bonnie Crail worked at OP. Um, and she called me one day and said, Hey, uh, Kim's going to retire. And we were thinking, you know, maybe you could take her spot. And I was like, are you kidding me? I'd be on the same team as Tom Curran. Oh my God. Freaking out. So yeah, that was like my, um, my next sponsor, big B was, or big B Chris Burke. (laughs) Yep. He, He was, uh, the team guy. And I think there was me, Taylor Knox, crew but he basically said okay we're, you know we're gonna give you a three-year deal i think it was like 10 or maybe eight grand a year eight grand yeah <laughs> so you're, that you're, was you're missing a zero that there lady huge. that was huge that was huge eight eight grand a year for three years yeah. but here's the catch they went bankrupt they went down oh. like at the next month <laughs> they closed shop so they uh they ended up yeah, so that was a bummer. And at that time, at that time, I was in, had been doing contests in France, uh, and whatever. And, and I had met Pierre Agnes. Um, I met Pierre Agnes um, 
when I was at the ISA, that uh, England event, he was on the French team briefly because I rode the French bus back from England to France to go surf over at the beach breaks for the first time with Craig. And so I met Pierre then. So then years, uh, a year later or whatever, he's the team guy for Quicksilver. And I'm, I show up at the airport. Yeah, and I show up at the airport in France, sitting there with nowhere to go, no no place to stay. No. And you see him. Yeah, and he sees me sitting there, and he's got Boothy in the car, and How Jamie Gretzik, and all the crew, and Noah Boudreau, <laughs> like all that gang. <laughs> wow. And he's like, hey, you know, you have nowhere to stay, and I, you know, I was like, no. So he took me with the crew, and I stayed at his mom's house with the Quicksilver team. And then, you know, he started watching me surf and stuff like that, and realized it, you know. That maybe, you know, if I worked hard enough, I could maybe be on the Quicksilver team someday. And it was always about work ethic with him. You know, he had to prove, prove, prove. Wow. And um, and then he would introduce me to people, which I didn't know later in life. Like, these people would be a big part of my life. But um, Bruce Raymond, uh, um, Bob McKnight, um, Harry Hodge, uh, Jeff Hackman, like, Meritrude Derrigrand. And so all these people, you know, he would introduce me to in France, like, you know, I, he would teach me like, you know, you have to speak French and you have to kiss and you have to be polite. You know, like he was How very, cool. very, very, uh, took you yeah. under his wing and kind of yeah. groomed you. Yeah. But what what was the purpose of that trip? Like what was bringing you out there? A contest or? So yeah, I was surfing in Lacanau Pro and then the Hostagorber Pro, Pro, um, and then Biarritz. There was like a, a leg of three events and, um, you know, I took, everyone took notice when, um, I started surfing in the men's heats out in France. So that's when you started surfing men's heats? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because at that time I was, I was wearing Ripro wetsuits and Derek Hine was kind of coaching me. Brad, you had yeah. Hine coaching you. Sort of. What was it? What, why did you want to do the men's events just to get extra practice? Well, Derek just... thought it would be a really good idea to surf in the men's trials since there was pre-trials. So there was a mm. lot of like European surfers. So it would give me a good practice to surf in these heats. Yeah. You know, since these guys were um, not like the top guys, but they were good enough to like harass me and, and give me some yeah. challenges. And so I did. I, I had Rip Roll, um, you know, enter me. Actually, there was going to be like some there was some debate that they were going to give me the wild card one one time during Hasegor and I think I was going to draw Shmoo. So Shmoo, <laughs> so Shmoo was out all the night before getting drunk. <laughs> Thinking he was going to get me. Uh, anyway, it was kind of funny. Like all this stuff, man, there's so many stories. I could just go off into like the abyss. But, well, um, well, we'll do a round two sometime later, but um, yeah. did, did you ever beat any guys of, of notable, <clears throat> notable? So there was, there was a bit of an incident where I um, ended up getting a heat with one young Australian kid uh, and then one guy from Portugal, one guy from France. And it was really small, but super fun little sandbank. And uh, I, the Aussie kid was winning by, like, he had everyone comboed, so he was letting me have waves. And the, the two European guys were battling it out, and they just got into blows on the beach <laughs> I, because I got second. <laughs> There was like full fight in on the beach. And you know, like, you know it's funny. Kind of, I'm sure Derek Hind like had that in his mind that yeah, dude, let's this put, is gonna create good content. Yeah, <laughs> like that's exactly. gonna be good marketing exactly. for genius, Rip Curl. Genius. But then I ended up surfing. This is a good story though. I ended up entering the men's in uh, Biarritz, and it was big. You know those big swells that come into Biarritz and break off that rock out the back, and it was scary. Oh, I surfed the men's trials there, and I had a heat with me, Munga. 
Jason Mungaberry. Mungaberry. Mungaberry, Jason Buttonshaw, and my friend Greg Ines from Florida. And because uh, I'd gotten through a men's pre-trials heat and then got to the main trials. And so that was the crew in my heat and I ended up losing. I got fourth. But uh, but on that at that event, I rode Kern's 6'6 pintail uh, uh, Black Beauty. And wow. Won, and, and then won the women's event on that board. Wow, that's insane. Pumping. Yeah. So do you remember the first photo you got in the mag? I'm, I'm sorry for backtracking, but I think yeah. that's a cool. Hmm. No, I don't. No? I think it was like about this big, like postcard size. <laughs> you, you, usually at the, the back where the amateur ranking, you know, heat results yeah, are. Yeah, I used to highlight all my name mentions and cut them out, put them in a like book. Yeah, I love it. What about your first cover of a mag? Well, my only cover. <laughs> You've only got one? Well, I mean, that was in 95, I think, or 96, Randy? 94? 90, 94, yeah, 94. 94. Yeah, um, yeah, that was, that was pretty awesome. So, so after OP, you, you, yep. you met Pierre? Yep. And he was kind of the guy that was instrumental of, on getting you on yep. Quicksilver. 100%. Now, was Quicksilver sponsoring other women? Uh, not internationally, maybe some bits and pieces here i think randy you guys sponsored uh, megan or was that yeah, yeah, yeah that, was was, that, that was roxy i mean I, I, again i think you were the only one that i recall that okay maybe that was just quicksilver guys yeah, you're the only one that had a quicksilver board or quicksilver logo on their board during you know those early 90s and then you switched like i it's funny i was looking at that that, that surfer magazine you were on the cover and on the cover you know where it says lisa surfs better than you you've got a quicksilver jersey on you've got a quicksilver logo on your board but mm -hmm. then you've got roxy board shorts yeah on, yeah which <laughs> those board shorts we couldn't keep in stock but then on the inside on some of the editorial feature you've got a, a roxy logo on your board so yeah that's right when things were kind of shifting from you kind of being on the quicksilver team with boothy and the boys to kind of roxy was kind of on their own and had we kind of had our own budget and our own little kind of yeah. kind of routine then and we were doing enough business to justify it you know so yep. yeah that that was the change right then what what year was that randy like 93 92 yeah it was 94 you know what i mean 94. Again, yeah this is great the stuff. cover lisa, was 94 like, yeah lisa i feel like i'm bonding with you i i, I know so much more about your life pre, pre yeah, yeah. I, I seriously don't remember so much stuff <laughs> <laughs> so, so i, I so gotta be honest i watched that movie trouble it was really really good and um, I remember seeing the part where uh, you, you got put on Quicksilver. And did you guys go on a surf trip? Uh, like a Quicksilver. Trip with Boothie and Maddie Hoy and that group, Oh, that yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it was um, – we went to, I went to G-Land. Is that the one you're talking about? I think so. I think so, yeah. Oh, yeah, with the whole crew and the shot with Wayne Lynch and all that. Yeah, yeah. So that was yeah. like your first like Quicksilver yeah. – Quicksilver trip? Yeah, that was crazy. And that you're the only uh, only girl. On the first one, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Tell that us was... about that. Like <laughs> that was really fun. Um it was the first time I'd been in like on a like that was like the most grueling adventure because it was so far and um, you know, the whole ride out to the jungle, all the different like elements, the bus ride, the being in a country where you never seen third world conditions before, yeah. So it was it was pretty eye opening, and um, every trip I've been on, I've 
I learned as I went along and that trip definitely taught me a lot but being isolated out there and in the elements and pushing having to like really lift your game because you're amongst your heroes and and people you looked up to so also you're trying to create your own brand and make a name and impress everybody like I think that was my my whole thing I would go to bed at night thinking okay I've got tomorrow I've got to like pull into the barrel you know <laughs> um, to impress everybody because you know I've got to I want to I want to keep living this way you yeah know? yeah um so I just remember uh yeah just I remember just being in fear every day paddling out at the very top at the very top of the point to jump in but then it was cool because we had Terry Ahui and we had Hornbaker and we had the crew with the jet skis so we were safe yeah and and Jeff was always so uh, um, really good at you know making sure that you 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 um, you're in your best spirit or you 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 could show in your best light or your best you know element and stuff. So he was always a genius at that, and so he would never put me in a situation where I wasn't having fun or didn't look like I was having uh, the best time ever. So um, I was just so lucky. I had the we had the best crew. Creek Silver just had the best team the best of the best out there. Yeah. And yeah. I, I just hey. remembered the best moments of my life. Dude, I I'd give anything hey. to be part of that crew on that trip, <laughs> man. Jeez. Good crew. I mean, they, they were dominating. I, I mean, they Quicksilver at the time was putting out, I mean, insane movies every year. You know, the team was insane. Um, and Jay Larson and you, was on Quicksilver. I, I will, you know, for, <laughs> for a few years, buddy. Um, he made it but, in a couple of those videos. Yeah, a couple, you know. <laughs> if I have those VHS tapes somewhere, right? But uh, I was just, I mean, for them to embrace you like that, it must have been, you know, obviously exciting, but yet, you know, like. How was the money, though? Ner nerve wracking, too. Money. So, <laughs> so during that whole, like, when the OP thing crashed down, I called Bruce Raymond in Australia because he said to give him the call. And I did. I said, hey, Bruce. Um, so the Australia leg starting. Um, I was wondering if, you know, you guys would be able to, to help fly me out to Australia to start the tour. All I need is one ticket to get there. I'll stay there the whole time and just compete and make my money as I, you know, I was just basically like taking, I'll take a dollar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I was desperate. And so he's like, you know, all right, let me, you know, talk to the crew. And like, so basically... Back then, everything worked different. There was this like pool of money that, you know, all the Quicksilver brands would put in, and and they would gather funds to help support a surfer. It was international funds, right, Rand? Yeah. And um, so basically, Omar Rave, the wetsuit part of Quicksilver, like everyone, you know, put in money yeah. to this pool to to basically pay for your your sponsorship. And um, so he would go and call up everyone and and get money. And basically, like he came to me with a piece of paper and said, "All right, here, here's what I've got." You know, th this crew gave you fifteen hundred. This crew gave you fifteen hundred, and this crew gave you two grand. And then I would sign on the piece of paper, and I still have the paper. Dude, yes, you I, gotta take a picture of that and send it to us. I, I have all the different contracts from before. You know, I did my big, big deal later on, but um, it was just like I was just so stuck. I didn't care. I just wanted to surf for Quicksilver. It didn't matter if they gave me fifty bucks. Like that was like your dream was to be on that team. Like that was the ultimate. You so, made it. You know? So basically, they were crowdfunding for you. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. And then, um, so I ended up getting the bells, uh, 
and I won the contest down there with a Quicksilver sticker on my board wow. in, front of like, in front of Alan Green and John Law and all the Quicksilver crew down in Australia, which was huge. What, what um, was your ranking then? Do you remember? Uh, I think, I don't remember. I, I don't know. I think I had not made the top 13 maybe. So they, like they just like the way you surf, right? Basically. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, they saw potential and they said, well, she kind of rips. She has potential. I also think that they were getting a little pressure to sponsor a girl, and I think that they wanted to. And um, they were looking at a lot of different girls, like Wendy Botha, um, Lane Beachley. And they were looking at a lot of options and because people were like going, okay, Quicksilver kind of, you know, maybe uh, could sponsor a girl. And I don't know. That's just stuff I'm thinking that they were doing. But uh I just wanted to. I wanted to get that spot. <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. What was the What was the prize purse for winning uh, that that Bells. Yeah. Bells was four grand for first. Sweet. Yeah. You keep pro, uh, Do you keep all your trophies or? I don't know where some of them are. <laughs> I think one of them is in HSS somewhere. Nice. But, yeah. What was that? What. It's a, it might be a stupid question, but what's your mem- most memorable win? Win. Yeah. Oh, uh, has to. That's a great question. Be bells. Actually. Bells. <laughs> well, it has to be bells, or it has to be that whole that that little month window because I went to Australia. I showed up at Bruce's house. I actually surfed in a in a non-ranking event, like a specialty event. It was in Queensland, and I won that event. But it was. Uh, I think the most memorable had to be my first win ever, which was against Pam Burridge in uh, Burley Heads. Wow. Uh, uh, back when I was still with Dave and I was with Billabong. And um, that had to have been my first huge. That was like eight grand for first. It was like a triple A wow. prize. Wow. So first win, biggest prize. How are the all, waves? All of that. I'm not really, I don't I think Burley it was kind of sloppy, but Burley can be pretty challenging, but I love yeah. Burley. It's one of my favorite waves. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So then, now you're riding for Quicksilver. Yep. Roxy wasn't born yet, right? Kind not of. Exact, nope. So, so, is it because of you that they created Roxy? No. <laughs> No, come on, uh, take the credit. Take come the on. credit. No, no, no. So <laughs> the, the story so, so goes the that story is that those guys were in Hawaii, you know, and so girls were surfing in guys' shorts all the time, you know, right. especially in Hawaii at Pipeline, the boogie boarders were wearing them um, in their string bikinis, but they were wearing those big long with their like twenty one inch shorts or twenty two <laughs> inches. So uh, yeah, and so I think that the guys were sitting there, and I, I think the story goes that Bob and someone else was sitting on the beach, and they noticed that. Girls were wearing trunks, and they thought, well, why don't we make them for girls? Um, and Randy, I lost you, so I don't know if that's accurate or not, but I think that that's how it started. I think we lost Randy. Let me try it, ringing him again. Randall. <laughs> it just has a big exclamation. Yeah. <laughs> I see him. There he there is. is. <laughs> He's back. Well, I'm still with you. Yeah, I was. I could see you guys. I don't know what technically what happened there. Um the board yeah, short. To, to back up maybe one little chapter there, you know, Quicksilver's looking to grow, you know, 1989, 90, right? Um, so the story, this is before even, they were looking to do women's and did they call it Quicksilver? Um, 
you know, Danny Kwok and McKnight are in a room and they're coming up with a bunch of names and Roxy just bubbled up to the top for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, Kwok was rooting because it's Roxy music. That was, he was a punk rocker, right? Um, you know, Bob McKnight, his daughter is named Roxy, you know. Crazy. It was just kind of this word that looked good, you know, just no market studies, just, you know, two guys in a room deciding, yeah, let's just do that. Um, but it didn't, we it wasn't didn't start off as really a surf brand. It was a, it was kind of remember when grunge was kind of happening. Yeah. Um, it was kind of just like oversized flannel shorts for girls. And then Lisa's story, uh, I was actually at the beach with McKnight. It was the pipe, um, pipe finals that, 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 um, you know, Tom Carroll just did that crazy snap, right? Oh, wow. I think, yeah. I think it was 91. And I was actually on, on the beach with McKnight and we just started, are hearing all these words that that like boys board shorts were blowing out in Hawaii, like they just couldn't keep them in stock, right? So our local rep, Bud Mankata, is going, "You guys, you got girls, you got to do girls, you got to do girls." Yeah, whatever. You don't even know what you're in Hawaii. You don't even know what's up. And but he was he was hearing it, watching it, and then then that moment that Lisa just was like that moment of like, oh, now I get it. And again, leave it to the lions to. You know, have you know, the to be wearing and having style that's appropriate in the water. So again, you know, that's where the girls were, were the whole boys, men's grunge style was kind of happening, and the they were just whoops in stock, twenty nines in stock. Um, so then that's when we went to Lisa. You know, and that's when we were all kind of starting young. I just had met Lisa and. You know, it was kind of very clear. It's like, well, if we're going to do this, we've got to, what does Lisa think? Would she wear these? And again, Lisa, it'd be great to hear from you kind of what your thoughts were. But yeah, it was, okay, well, that's a good, <laughs> why do it if Lisa is not into it? What do you think, Lisa? So that was, that was, we kind of relied on her to, to, to give it like a thumbs up or thumbs down, you know? So did they create the board short with a Quicksilver logo first and then named it Roxy or? No, no by that Roxy had been out for a year or two. Okay. You know, it wasn't really doing anything. It was just kind of struggling, tiny, no vision. You know, it had the double, the had the heart logo, you know, the... Who, who came the up logo. with that heart logo? Yeah, you know, that's a great story. It's the first question I asked when I started. Still don't know to this day. Um, <laughs> you think it, you think it was wild. just stickers, just somebody doodling on the desk or the art, just looked at it as like an upside down, I don't know, mirrored... mirrored Quicksilver logo it turned into a heart. It's it, it was genius. Mm -hmm. We we lost Randy again, but he's there. Is he? I heard yeah. I heard that it was a uh, one of the uh, European uh, licensees or whatever distributor that his wife like flipped one over next to another one, and that's how they came up with the the heart logo. Yeah, my back with you guys. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so, yeah, again, the French will take credit. Um, but, um, <laughs> Damn it. Damn it, Randy. <laughs> Come on, Randy. Get back in there. So, so Lisa, when they, yeah. when they let you know that they were going to start this brand, Roxy, right? Did they go, and you're going to be the face of Roxy? Is that how it went down or how did it go no. down? 
it's not like they came to you and said, yeah, you're going to be the face. It just was like, we're going to make these board charts. And I was like, hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I mean, for one, being a tomboy and always wearing like, you know, shorts and being not comfortable in a bikini or shy or, you know, I had the most gnarly board chart tan you've ever seen. (laughs) And so uh, I was super stoked to be um, wearing board charts. I, I was over the moon. It was like the perfect marriage for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Were they making uh, like women's wetsuits at that time? No, no, no. No. Yeah, I was wearing like those uh, the wetsuits with a little um, the pattern on the leg, you know, like, and then they had the quicksilver on the butt. Yeah. <laughs> I love that old stuff. Bring it back. It is it's coming back. Yeah. I remember my first quicksilver wetsuit, and they had the the zippers up the shoulder oh. to the neck. <laughs> Yikes! Oh, like, the first like you know backless zip suit. It was. Gnarly, gnarly rash, <laughs> but inventive. I love yeah. it. So, so Randy, you were you were saying I forget what you were saying. You were starting to say the French would take credit for it, but oh yeah, we were talking about the logo, you know. So the yeah, the first day on the job, I see this logo that's a heart that's a mirror image of the Quicksilver logo, right? So it's a kind of a graphic brand guy. I'm looking at it going, okay, that is epic. We're going to put that on everything. Who did it? And no, no, no one in the building knew. They go, I think it came from France, you know. So, okay. <laughs> so, you know, that's all right. I'll give her French credit. Um, we love them. And so I called Marechu, who who Lisa mentioned earlier, who's like just rad. And Marechu, what's up? Who did this? She goes, I don't really know. Let me ask around. So come to find out they did have a license in Turkey. Remember, Lisa, did you ever, did you ever meet the Turkey license? Remember yeah. Fair Dog? You remember him? Yes, yeah. So anyway, he did all their denim and was a sharp guy, apparel, rag guy, had a, had a good eye. And supposedly a graphic designer did a T-shirt and, and just did that as a T-shirt reference that ended up just bubbling up its way up to what we still live with today. But never got a name, never got confirmation of that. But, you know, again, it came from Europe somewhere. We'll, we'll give Europeans credit for that one. Got it, got it. So, so Roxy didn't really come out of the gates swinging, but that board short helped catapult the brand? Yeah, it actually launched in 1990. It launched as kind of a denim line. Quicksilver did a denim line uh, for a little bit there. Um, and it was, again, kind of grunge wear. It was kind of, you know, Pearl Jam Nirvana was happening. It was flannel shirts. It was kind of like sportswear that was whatever. It was okay, but it just didn't have its own identity, right? Right. Yeah. And that moment we were talking about just now with Leafs at the, you know, pipeline moment, you know, TC doing the snap at pipe finals, 91, you know, boys board shorts selling out in Hawaii, Hawaiian saying we need girls board shorts, you know, and then we went to Lisa, Lisa, what do you think of boys board shorts or guys, you know, shorts for girls. And that's where she said, yeah, I'm all over it, but they got to be short. I don't want no weird tan lines. You know, I got to make them short. <laughs> You got to make them short, and they got to hung my bun. You know, they can't be like bag, baggy boy shorts. You know, so she helped us fit them. I mean, she came in and did fittings and directed it and told us what's up and, you know, and then that was ninety, probably ninety two to ninety three, and then Lisa gets on the cover of Surfer magazine. You know, she surfs better than you, claiming on the cover of Surfer magazine wearing the pair of board shorts that now are out, and then it became this crazy two, three-year runaway that we couldn't keep up with it. I, I mean, the industry did not know. We didn't know what had happened. Um, I remember we were sitting after year one, we blew out of whatever. We made 5,000 shorts, and 
and we were projecting for the next year. And McKnight is sitting at those meetings, projection meetings, and how many are we going to make next year? I go, guy, I think we can double you guys. 10,000. And he looks at me, you're such a pussy. Dude. <laughs> he, he goes, I could Sandbagger. He said, I could sell, sell 10,000 on one phone call. You're such a kook. 10,000? We're going to do 50,000. We're going to do, do 50,000. I go, bro, 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 no, no, don't do 50 because you know what the problem is? We're not going to sell them and then you're going to give me heat and then I got to discount them. And no, come on, let's just make 20. Dude, you're such a pussy. I could sell, <laughs> sell 20 with two phone calls. You're kidding me. So we ended up doing 50 that at projections, but then we chased it and we ended up doing, I think, 60,000 that year. I mean, it was. Oh my kind of, gosh. We, we had the tiger by the tail. I mean, was there like, was there any other brands like putting out women's product within nobody the surf- nobody nobody right? nobody yeah. we were by ourselves for two or three years pt was the first at rusty he was the first and he admitted goes randy he called me up and goes hey randy i just want you to know is it cool if we draft behind you guys i go no i need we need i need yeah. you come on yeah That's, the industry needs this pt come come so so I give him credit as Rusty, the lead of Rusty, because he saw it and he saw how the, it was resonating at the beach with the girls. And he goes, Randy, we're going to just draft right behind you. I'm just going to copy your short if you're cool with that. I go, yeah, bro. Do, let's do it. It's crazy. But, yeah. Yeah. No, the, surf, the surf shops needed that, too. It's hard to, you know, yeah. sell mm-hmm. a, a department or a category with just one brand. It, it's all, healthy competition is always good. Yeah. No. So it was a good thing. Um, so- I remember I was at Huntington Surf and Sport and um, Quicksilver was a big, was one of our biggest brands. I mean, bar none. And we had that. Remember when we had that? I think we had one of the first Quicksilver board riders clubs. Jobs. Yeah. You know, the shop. The first first was in Waikiki in in the international marketplace. And you guys were the second one. Yeah. Yeah. HSS was second. That, that. That room that they they built with the aquarium, the shark, yeah. the, mm-hmm. it so was awesome. so insane, and all mm-hmm. the. Remember Steve Steve Jones, right? Yeah, he was Steve like Jones, one of the Jones curators was, of the room that brought and like. Peter, and let's not forget Peter Schroff. Peter Schroff, yeah, <laughs> both those guys coming into the store like looking so weird with their yeah. that weird dog that Schroff had, yeah. and and you know the skinny artist Steve Jones, and they come in with these like hula dancer porcelain you know porcelain yeah like and ukuleles and like um and then when they finally were finished with it and you saw the room you're like wow this is freaking insane this is modern art right those guys were next level for sure yeah picture frames of all kinds of lifestyle images it wasn't just a big surf shot you know yeah it was really curated awesome and then you know being right there I mean, Huntington Beach at that one point in time was the mecca of surfing, right? Like the industry was watching what was happening. You know, every Quicksilver, Billabong, Volcom, everybody was focusing in on Huntington, especially during the summer months to kind of mm-hmm. amplify what they did all over the world, right? Yeah. And um, dude, I remember when Roxy first came out and, and, you know, it got real feminine real quick and it was like cute, like California beach lifestyle clothing and all of a sudden like quicksilver was smaller than roxy right yeah yeah that that, that, did, <laughs> that did kind of peak yeah you know fast forward about 10 15 years but i, I want to say right at the peak of the industry like 2006 2007 roxy did surpass quicksilver who, who was the biggest surf brand at the time 
It surpassed Quicksilver in volume on a global scale. So Roxy for a year or two there was the number one surf brand beyond any of the men, bigger than Rip Curl totally, bigger than Billabong, bigger than Quicksilver. Yeah, it, it's, it's an example to me, I, even to this day, of the power of the women consumer and the power mm -hmm. of, of, of women surfing. We, you know, with the downturn since 07, it's kind of been forgotten about and kind yes. of been put, put in the back seat again yeah. of like, of like, no, 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 we got to shore everybody up. We got to support the man's brand, which is great. I get it. But there's still like an engine that hasn't been fired up again. Mm -hmm. and in my opinion, True. it's my feeling. Well, you guys, I mean, you guys just didn't do surf. You guys went after the snowboard market, the board rider market. You went after the bikini. You went after the fashion. You guys mm -hmm. didn't limit yourselves. You kind of left, you know, left yeah. the gates wide open. Remember the you Roxy know? luggage with the luggage. pretty, yeah, like, that was crazy. Yeah, we, we did we did perfume i, I don't know if, yeah I, I have i still have two bottles of it and wax, sex wax with the, the, the sex wax yeah so so this is a funny story so we we, we did wax and oh let's send it like the perfume so, <laughs> so, so but it was too intense remember lisa oh it smells so bad i still have you'd, it it's like, you'd wax your board and all of a sudden the the, the smell was so intense it was just like oh this is this is lame I can't do this. <laughs> Oh, it's so bad. So never made it to market? No, no, we did it. Yeah, yeah. the made it to market. It was a big I thing. I'm a big collector, so I collected everything crazy that we made. Like, yeah, it was a big know. thing in Europe. You know, fra perfumes and fragrance in Europe are really yeah. big. I remember so, when we went there to test out all the scents. It was We were right on the Champs-Élysées, like in the perfume, in, you know, in that center of the world. Like fancy, just, fancy room, yeah. Yeah, we got real fancy. <laughs> so, Lisa... Um, tell us about your first world championship. Yeah, it was nice. It was. Really <laughs> let's go. Let's. Hopefully you can it's remember. So hopefully you can remember um, the contest year. That first I year. Like what was it? Talking about Roxy, it's so much more fun. I learned everything. No way, dude. We're Randy. talking about you right now. We got. We got. Come to both. That, I like you know. listening to Randy talk. It's so soothing. No, <laughs> Randy's done um, talking for a second. I love, we'll see. Okay. It was wonderful. I, I, yeah, it was emotional. It was, uh, how many contests did you win that um, year? On that, that year? All of them? I don't even know. Maybe, maybe five, but I made finals. So maybe, maybe four or five and then made finals and got second a couple times. So That's you dominated killer. that year. Yeah, I think the first yeah first year was rough because I ended up getting injured and then I had to uh, I had to um, miss the Hawaii event because I couldn't surf, so I went to Australia to to get physical therapy on my back and worked with uh, Quicksilver trainers and Tom Tom Carroll and <clears throat> to uh, do some fitness training to get to be able to surf in the last event because all I needed to get was like a third. Or no, sorry, fifth place to to win the title. Um, Rob Roland Smith. Yes, Rob Roland Smith was the trainer. Yeah, yeah. He trained Potts. He trained Tom. He trained Boothy. He trained the whole Quickie team and Danny Wills and um, so Cam Campbell and all that. So that year, you got uh, hurt mid year and had to sit yeah. out a couple events. Yeah, so basically I think what happened was um, I had surfed pregnant with Erica uh, for, <laughs> for that whole year before because I was afraid of not qualifying and I, I didn't want everyone to know I was pregnant for like at least five months. So I surfed the whole first part of the year pregnant 
And I think what happened was after I gave birth, I was so like my physical uh, well-being wasn't very good. Like my spine, <laughs> for one, my my you know physical fitness was not very good, and I just started straight up surfing like crazy. So I think by by mid year, my back just sort of like I uh, got sciatic, a uh, nerve pinch, you know, so it just kind of fell apart. And uh, so that I had to stand, uh, sit out the Hawaii event and go straight to Australia, like to pre-plan to surf that last event just to get that, to make sure I could seal the world title. So wow. it was all going, it was all going great until that happened. And I thought, oh shit. Uh, yeah. yeah. And that was your first one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a dramatic way to win your first world title. Like it was, it was seriously the most dramatic and most painful thing ever because I I had to surf through pain and, and the, one of the strategies with Rob and, um, at the time was to make me surf through pain or to, to push me past pain so that when I was in the heat, I wasn't thinking about it. I was thinking about surfing the heat to try to win. Like the job was to win and not worry about pain. So what was really hard was just to be able to, 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 to endure that pain during that. And then I I surfed, surfed in one heat and I ended up winning in the last minute. And then I didn't even surf the rest of the contest. I just, I could not, I didn't have to. That's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, to think back, like, you know, how dramatic that was, because, you know, here you are, you've never won a world champion. You won, did you win the first two events or like you're finaling and you were like gaining momentum and you're thinking to yourself, fuck, this is going to be my year, right? And then you get hurt. And then, no, it was, it was going to be, um, and yeah, that happened and, the crazy thing, the really crazy thing, is the second place surfer Pauline Menser needed needed to win the last three events in order to win the world title again. She she was a world champion the year before, and she needed to win the last two events to overtake me. She ended up winning in Hawaii when I wasn't there, Ooh. and so that made it even more stressful. <laughs> and and then I drew the the best amateur from Narrabeen, which was even more stressful, like the wild card. Oh. And then I ended up getting it on my last, very last wave, the last minute with priority. And Did so you cry? I cried. Like I, I cried because Erica was like, right, you know, running at the beach. So that was like super emotional. Oh and, my uh, gosh! Bruce Raymond and his family—they were all there, so it was really cool. And um, uh, and then Pauline won that contest. Oh my gosh! <laughs> she still so, won the contest. Yeah. But she yeah, got yeah. fifth, and you sealed the deal. Yeah. Wow. I was like, Al, I remember going, Al Hunt, are you sure you did the points right? Are you going to call me and tell me the points are like off? You know, because Al yeah. was doing all the points. Like, you know, I'm like, oh my God, please, is it real? Is it real? I kept thinking he's going to call me and say, no, I messed up. That's incredible. What a win. What, what did you have what to win just your, your first heat, Lisa? Was it like what? you won your first heat? You, were, you won the world title, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was just my yeah. first heat, yeah. So you surfed, and then because you're hurt, you didn't com- you didn't continue no, on. I did not. No, no way. Was, you're like, I don't even care about the prize money. I'm hurt. No, I already got. No. I, I just want the trophy. Thank I was. You very much. I just wanted the trophy, and then I was like, okay, hopefully I have no permanent nerve damage. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that was a concern at the time. I I had some some serious bad nerves damage. So then, and then and then you came back. Obviously, the next few years, did oh, the yeah. back still give you uh, wreak havoc? Those next few years. Oh yeah, it continued and continued, and it ended up making me have to make a decision whether I stay on tour or not. And 
I had a second child, Mason, and then I was like, look, I really love this home lifestyle thing. It's pretty nice. And just having the kids be, you know, a routine, uh, you know, just some sort of normalcy was like kind of, you know, I was getting soft. <laughs> yeah. But I was, I was just kind of thinking, um, I don't want to surf halfway. I, I hate, um, I didn't want to surf unless I could surf the best I could surf, you know. Yeah, I didn't. I wanted. I still want to impress people. I still want to perform, and and if I'm not like performing at the highest level, I, I don't want to do it. So you That's won. Be tough. You you rifled off four in a row, right? Yes, That's Kelly insane. Kelly did four in a row too, but I beat him to the punch. There you go. You got one. You won up him. Yeah. You hear that goat? <laughs> <laughs> so Randy, you guys. I mean, Quicksilver in the '90s had two of the best athletes out there dominating yeah. men's and women's. How, how was that for, for biz? Was it just, <laughs> um, couldn't, couldn't hurt, right? No, it wasn't. We, you know, we were fortunate at the time we had the biggest checkbook, you know, I mean, no, no one could touch us. First company to go public, you know, first company to have their own stores, you know, so we were on a crazy roll. I mean, to back up to the nineties, Roxy had to get created as was the first store, as was, first surfing to do boys because the industry was downturning i don't know if we remember but remember post neon remember yeah. the industry just bottomed out right all of a sudden everyone's just making blackboard shorts mm -hmm. lost with what to do and you know again i give quicksilver mcknight credit of like well, they just said well great we're going to downsize let's regroup let's do new stuff let's do boys let's do girls let's do stores let's do the eddie you know that's where the eddie came from right yeah so, and the roxy pro events too yeah. yeah, that was your deal, right? Lisa, didn't you convince us to do that? Yeah, I mean, we needed to have women's events and we needed to, you know, because we, you know, I think that a lot of people were like saying, okay, well, you guys are killing it, but are you guys putting back into pro sports and in pro surfing because, right. you know, you get that. And so I think it was time for us to sponsor an event and, you know, be part of that whole scene. And that way the girls were all getting benefit from Roxy, not just one of their surfers or some of their team, you know, yeah. that it was all a big, big, uh, big support for the women surfing Those Lisa Lisa did you ever get any like big like non-endemic like contracts or did you, you know be, being the face of women surfing and being a four-time you know world champion did you get hit up from from other brands or other no I mean Lisa you know, come on remember <laughs> box oh uh, repo <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's non-endemic that's how I met Sal Masakela yeah he picked me up at the airport <laughs> <laughs> it was like the team manager. Hey, how bad were those shoes, though? Oh my God, they're so bad. They were the worst. <laughs> but I, we I sold them at Huntington guys. Surfing Sport. I was like, what are these? <laughs> then I went to I actually Surfer Reef, though. Those guys ended. They, those guys were really cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Fernando and crew and um, talk about was, doing stuff for for the sport. I mean, getting yeah. into the Olympics yeah. was pretty amazing. <laughs> Fernando, good yes. job. The um, Reef, and then no, um, no, I didn't really at all. I, I, I no car sponsors, no watch sponsor, um, no like no because no, airline I, sponsor. I think that Quicksilver, well, Bruce Raymond's kind of whole thing was to to keep get you, us, keep yeah, you like hundred percent, hundred percent, like all yeah. wetsuit, all sunglasses, yeah. everything. Which in hindsight, I I don't think that was the best choice because I probably could have made better income to this day. You know, yeah. I would have maybe made some more, but. At the same time, you know, it was, uh, you know, there was a method to the madness and I wasn't going to say no. I need, you know, 
and uh yeah so so yeah, no, 10%. We, we bring this up too like from time to time how how um like hollywood kind of helps elevate our industry when they put out movies right mm. you remember like what really made to me what made freaking um the women's market, the juniors market, oh my gosh, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. That was so crazy. I that think... was the, the birth of all the surf camps and the, the Lycra, you know, the Billabong Lycra Randy. <laughs> <laughs> and like just that whole, that was like the new, that was the second birth of women's surfing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and that, then... was about, that was about 2000, if I recall, right? Yeah. And that was yep. clearly a second birth, for sure. That yeah. was a great way to stay it, for sure. Yep. Yeah. So crazy. Um, so here we are, present day. What's uh, <laughs> what's Randy doing present day? I know uh, your projects with the uh, Surferama. Um. Oh yeah, that's my that's my Instagram handle. That's you know, right. It's just like a fun deal. But um, I produce a vintage um, surf skate market in Dana Point called Redo Market. Um, it got delayed because of the whole COVID deal, um, but it's coming up. We set a new date in June. We also, also got an agency, creative agency called Funsters. Um, Danielle Beck, who Lisa, you guys probably know Danielle. She was yeah. our team manager at Roxy, was one of our early hires. We worked together for 20 years. Uh, her and I are partners in an agency, small surf lifestyle agency. We just have home offices, but we have a couple great clients that we love and so it keeps us in the mix, which is great. Yeah, still, aren't you aren't you instrumental with uh, bringing like Jose Cuervo and? Yep. Yeah, they're they're our the primary WSL. Yep. Yep. So uh, Cuervo is the um, spirit sponsor of the WSL. They have been for four years. We put that relationship together, manage it. Um, Just to let you know, we don't have a tequila sponsor yet. So Lynn and I with Chalky Podcast could use one. You know, we're, we're, we're weighing out our options right now. We're shopping around. You know what? I, I think I've got a half a bottle of tequila. I could <laughs> That'll get us through uh, today. <laughs> so, Lisa, have you ever been to a wave pool? Uh, yes. Which yes. one? Um, I've been to... The- the one in Palm Springs before those guys took over. The old. <laughs> <laughs> um, where else? Disneyland or Disney World, I should say. Typhoon uh, Lagoon? Yeah, and then I went to Kelly's Pool. You did? You got to surf yeah. Kelly's Pool? Yeah. Yeah. And what'd you think? Oh, man, uh, uh, it was like learning to surf all over again. <laughs> really? It was hard. I thought it was hard. I mean, it was awesome. It was incredible. How many waves did uh, you get? I got a lot because luckily, because I, I didn't know all this stuff, that there's all these politics involved with that pool, but that apparently you don't get that many rides or some people aren't getting that many rides, but... Um, Depends on I, how big your group is, right? Right, right. And I we had just me and Kyle and um, uh, a snowboarder. No, Kyle Belly and... Oh, and she's a, okay. A snowboarder and then Alyssa Quezon. And that was it. And so I had like 30-something waves, like... What? We ran the whole day. We ran from they ran the pool from like I don't know eight or nine or something early all the way till five. So and the snowboarder kept falling, right? <laughs> she actually <laughs> never fell. She just went straight the whole time. Oh, bummer. Um, but yeah, um, did I was so exhausted. I was exhausted, and my legs were like cramping like halfway through. 
Uh, wow, you got was, the full experience though. It was really fun. Like I had to stay in the hotel that night because I couldn't drive home. I was so tired. But, um, it's a good but, problem to have. The Tachi, yeah. the beautiful Tachi. Yeah. yeah, I was like, should I just go for it and get another night? Yeah, it was like worth it. But um, very hard, very fast. I was frustrated because I wanted to do turns, but I, you know, it yeah. only allows you to like slow down enough, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's, so it's, you couldn't really like completely lash out unless, you know, you're that, unless you're John John or something. Yeah. But, um, but fun. Did you get tubed? Did you get, I got tubed. Some, some, you know what? That was my biggest problem is I kept wanting to get tubed and then I get sucked backwards in the thing and then I would miss a wave. So then I would sit there and go, what was I doing? And it's like, so yeah. it brought me back to that, like, you know, putting pressure on yourself to perform because right. everyone's, it's being recorded. People are watching you. Yeah. Like, you yeah. Know what I mean? And I was yeah. like, man, this sucks. And so, you know, when they were having the contest and you, you know, everybody's watching everyone wait for that countdown for the wave to come. Yeah. You your stomach goes <laughs> yeah. upside down. Am I going to, because you hear this CT2 in yeah. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. And you're like, fuck, 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 fuck. So you're like, I don't want to fall because I don't want to wait, but then I just want to rip. And then you're like all this stuff going through your mind. Like, okay, wait when the guys like on the ski tells you to go, then go in the barrel and then come out or whatever. But I get then, frustrated with the guy that uh, yells at you. You know, you're like, shut up, dude. <laughs> I know. I see it. I can do this. Talk paddling now. <laughs> but that, but that when it's um, coming at you and you're like, okay, should I sit right yeah. here next to the wall or my, and then when you start paddling yeah. and you stand up, you get like drifted over, you know? Yeah. I mean, but like, to me, that's like, it's, there's still nothing like what surfing gives you and oh, brings, yeah. and it's sort of like, um, I don't know. It's definitely a spiritual thing, but at the same time, like, you know how you kill that spiritual good feeling by your own ego, you know what I mean? Like yeah. getting mad at yourself, but I, I really enjoyed it. It just, and, it, and then I could see how much the, a pool or just surfing in a pool every day, like no wonder why Kelly's so good still. And you know, mastering just simple crafts and, and, or, or trying to perfect just one thing or, or even surfboard technology. Like there's just so many cool things that that wave pool probably can do for anyone. Rick Kane is actually going to happen in this world. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Right? Yeah, for sure. I, I think I we're all going to be hybrids. We're all going to be partial of Rick Kane at some point. <laughs> Randy, have you partaken in the, in Kelly's pool yet? Well, yeah, as a, as a um, you know a a double-minded um, uh, marketer that I am, I convinced Jose Cuervo to be the first corporate sponsor of Surf Ranch, no, knowing knowing I might get a. You're few a ways. shrewd bastard. <laughs> <laughs> got to work the angle when you got it. Yeah. Right? Hey, did you did we so, ask you um, about sponsoring uh, the Late Night with Chalky podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking out a little bit on my end. <laughs> so awesome yeah yeah so uh when you go to uh the surf ranch you only can drink one brand of tequila and it's jose cuervo and because of that we get a few uh few waves during the year so it's it's um yeah that, that place is um best wave in california i think like joel tudor i'll quote joel tudor on that one no way joel tudor surfed it too yeah the he, purest? Claimed, he, he claims best wave in california that's incredible. I, I never thought, I thought he was too much of a, a purist. To... He, he was until he got the invite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, invites. They're far and few between, but there's like four more pools going in uh, Palm Springs, we hear, huh? Yeah, yeah. crazy. 
that's a big one. I, I, I think, I mean, again, from what I've seen in that pool, and if you listen to Kelly and if you watch it, if you've been there, you realize that that wave, they can literally make the wave twice the size it is. They just don't have a pool to contain it, right? You see how that splash happened against the retaining wall? Yeah. yeah. So the new pool that, that KS Wave Co. group is doing in Palm Springs will have, it's a much bigger pool. It's twice as wide, so it can actually handle a bigger wave. So you're going to see, I think, you're going to see a monumental change. Wow. In, in wave pool technology in, in the Palm Springs Kelly wave. I, it's going to be major, right? You're not hearing a quote yet, but you're going to see six foot plus waves. That's yeah. incredible. Real deal, for sure. I, they're, I hope, they're all as long as it's not like 10 minute lulls, you know, like in between. I yeah. mean, I mean, that's that's their probably biggest challenge to pump out more waves is just to how to contain the the I, reverb. You I, know, I think they'll they'll figure it out. I mean, it's it's kind of just like the ratio between what they have now, and I'm sure they have the math figured out with a bigger pool with a bigger wave. You know, they'll have all that figured out because they're smart people. Yeah. <laughs> they're smart people. They are. Le- Le- Lisa, who, who uh, you, you follow the tour? Like, yeah. are you still passionate about? Like, oh, you know, I watch, I have my favorite events I watch for sure. I'm a, I'm a fan. You do Fantasy Surfer or any, you play I any? I don't. I no? don't do that. No. I'm not a. It makes I'm, it so much more like interesting and, and I know. exciting. I might, I might need to get into it, but. We'll Join see. our club. We do fantasy kooks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we if there's a tour this year, there's a lot right? of shit talking though. Right, right. Oh, uh, that's good. Yeah, you fit right in, Lisa. <laughs> do, do, do you ever look back and be like, "Wow, I made like zero money compared to what the girls are making today"? Or are you excited to see what they're making with like equal pay and, and yeah, the amount of money that's poured into it, the sport? It's really amazing. Um, it's insane. Like I was talking to Steph the other day, and she's like. Um, saying that they're still giving them their last place prize money during these events that they're not having. Wow. So they're, they, I was just like, fuck. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting You're getting back on tour, Lisa. I uh, know. But no, I, I think it's insane that they're doing that. I mean, that's yeah. just, that's incredible. That's thank you, sponsors. Thank you, yeah. WSL, supporting yeah. in these tough times. Yeah. Yeah, for and, sure. And uh, yeah, we, we, you know, we are sales reps and, you know, our, our livelihood is small small businesses, mom and pop and, and core uh, retail and surf shops and, and whatnot. So we're, we're always um, trying to push any type of support, you know, for the local community. Yeah. And we love people that support um, us in this industry. Absolutely. Yeah. You're here. We're here. We're doing it. <laughs> we got this little podcast as a, as so, a side gig, but it's kind of blowing up. What, what, uh, yeah. Well, what do you think about foiling, Lisa? Oh my god! Have you tried it uh, yet? <laughs> no, I, I, with my back in the condition that it's in, I, I dare not. Yeah, so, dare not. Yeah, well, I just had when, back surgery in like in December, so um, I finally got to that nerve problem. <laughs> yeah, are you are you interested in it? Do you feel like trying it someday? Um, I would. I'm interested in trying for yeah. sure. But uh, you know, it just looks we had a Jody of... Cooper on the show. Uh, not Jody Cooper. Sorry, Jody Nelson. Okay. Um, and she's a huge foiler. Oh yeah, Joey yeah. like loves all our war sports, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's very active for sure. What other hobbies are you into? If you, you know, if well, you, if your back's not broken, here's one of them: the dog. Uh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so he, or, he or she? I love animals. That's a she. I have like a puppy thing right now. Um, but I'm. I don't know. I'm. 
I'm a bit of a nomad, a bit of a hermit, I should say. But uh, it's good times for me right now because I would be doing the same thing probably. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, I'm into gardening. I love being outside. Uh, I love collecting. Um, I still want to surf, but I think I'm trying. I'm in that like phase where I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. <laughs> Yeah. Like mid, mid, it's all about mid length. Don't be scared. It's okay. Yeah, it's I'm 51, <laughs> so I definitely hit that benchmark of like, what the fuck next? Because this is gonna change. A lot of stuff's gonna change after all this is happening right now. But for me, I kind of look at it as like a good thing because yeah. everybody's gonna have to reinvent again, and I think that's the best time for opportunity. Yeah. So. Yeah. Positivity. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And creativity. And change. Yeah. Absolutely. Randy, so, what, do you, what do you think about like the current like industry right now? You know, there's a lot of changes prior to this, you know, COVID, you know, kind of closure. Yeah, um, you know, I, I just think um, like, you know, I agree with Lisa 110%. I think, you know, there's going to be more people surfing than ever. So I think if you're in the hard goods space, you know, be it surfboards, fins, wetsuits, you know, I, I think there's going to be a tremendous you know, continued growth. If you're making apparel with a logo on it, you know, that's a tough, that's a tough go. It's, it's been 10 years of downsizing and I, I don't know if it, I don't know if, if it's over yet. You know, uh, I think mm-hmm. the, the retail model has changed. Um, I think the brands that are, that are aggressive and there's a, definitely a few that, you know, if you're good online and if you're good with direct to consumers and you've got a voice and aggressive with building an audience directly to the consumer, I think you're going to be fine. But, um, you know, the retail model, brick and mortar, in, in the traditional sense, has just changed dramatically in years. And I think we're going to see it even go to the next level once we come out of this, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, it, but again, I agree with Lisa, opportunity, look what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, lo- love what um, has been bubbling up from the industry in terms of new content. Um, it's rad. It's bringing yeah. it on. You know? So it's, yeah. it's a great time for newness, for sure. For, yeah, we sir. forgot to ask you, Lisa. Once you uh, you're done with your injury and you're back in the water, what West Coast Board Riders Club are you going to be part of? Huh? Uh, you got to claim HP, so, girl. I had so many of you guys like texting me from Huntington. I've, oh, who was it? I was. They were like super pissed. They're like, "Wait, you're doing San Clemente?" I'm like, "I've been down here six years now." So, isn't that legit? No, I don't know. Actually, I only did one of those events, and you did uh, do one. Yeah, I did one, and um, that crazy. It was, it, it, I really loved that that how it brought us old crew back together again. Yes, and it was so fun seeing all the familiar faces and everybody just we just stood around and laughed and talked story and cheered on our, our young kids because the young so kids awesome. that were representing it was a lot of fun and I love being part of the community. Yeah. So, whether it's Huntington or San Clemente or anywhere else for that matter. Cause I know, I feel like I'm part of all these little small communities like Laguna and Dana point and all that, but it's just fun to see everybody. And I, I, I just love being at those events in general. I think that's a really, uh, just a special part of like, that's what's been new lately that I've noticed in, in surfing around here. Yeah. It's great. What uh, West coast board riders bring into to each of the communities and kind of, you know, kind of come, getting rid of the, the localism and, and negative, you know, facts about surfing. Um, but yeah, also like it's rad to see legends on the beach with future legends, you know, you get to surf with like little young, the younger kids, but also for me, it's like, 
there's so many young kids here in San Clemente that you don't get waves. So yeah. I figure, <laughs> I, I figure if I'm out there like supporting them and we're in heat together, they'll know me and they'll be like, Oh, so next time we're She's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break. Kid. She's cool. She really, yeah, she's cool. <laughs> I mean, the competitive side of it is, is amazing, you know, cause you do get that, you know, that generation breakdown and, and everybody's rooting on each di- division. But, um, yeah, being able to like see all those old friends is is incredible. I mean, everybody's in their own little world doing their own thing, and you don't really, you know, outside of maybe following it on social media to see them in person doesn't right. feel like, yeah. you know, you skipped a day. I haven't seen you in like ten years, and you see no. somebody, you're like, oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? Like Pat O'Connell lives fifteen minutes from me, <laughs> and I see him once a year. Yeah, like, yeah, but just a training ground too for the youngsters. I know there's you know, a lot of parents out there that are, you know, putting in, you know, coaching and, yeah. and, and managers and video yeah. this and that. But yeah. for, for a lot of the kids that can't, don't have those resources or afford it, they're being able to, you know, come together um, under this uh, board writer's umbrella and get a lot of knowledge from, you know, a lot of, you know, true inexpensive or pretty much free, you know, give back from the, yeah. from the older pros. I get calls up from the middle school short list here and I go down in the morning and, and talk to their uh, middle school girls on Thursdays, like not every Thursday, but maybe every few months. That's cool. And you get to like meet all the, the young groms that serve T street. And, uh, there's a, so many girls right now. It's so crazy. many girls. So many. So many. Yeah. I was at a lowers, uh, I don't know, a week or two ago before they closed it down. And yeah, there was this, uh, you know, rat pack of groms and half of them were girls. It's ripping. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I, if you see, see. Any, if you see a bunch of them in, in Roxy suits, is because I clean out my closet and I donate them all to the surf <laughs> class. <laughs> Good. Um, are your are your kids in the water or no, no no? You're like no, don't do that. <laughs> no no. They even get mad when I invite them to the beach. My, my son does not like sand. <laughs> <laughs> he, he might come around later. <laughs> yeah. yeah no. What about you, Randy? You got. Uh, I've got one daughter. Yeah, she's um, in her twenties. You know, she surfs a little bit. Kind of, if it's if it's warm or if it's Waikiki, you know, oh. um, she'll go out. But yeah, she's not going to put on a wetsuit and go out in the winter after sure. Uh, Ali, sweetie. Yeah, Ali, you remember it, sweetie pie. Yeah. So what what board are you riding, Randy? Right now, what's your go to for uh, for surf? Yeah, I got a ten foot skip fry that you know, you know, I, I surf old man, so I I I'm one of the youngest ones in the lineup, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I you know, my ten footer I at least get my share of waves. So that's my little yeah. quiet corner, you know. Randy's the back paddler at, at Sano. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that I young buck. <laughs> I haven't figured out that move yet. I, I, I I'll watch the young crew do it. Surf with Larson one day. <laughs> I don't see anybody in the lineup. Yeah, I'm like a thoroughbred with just uh, my my blinders on. Just what? Look at this wave. It's empty. <laughs> what do you What do you usually ride, Lisa? Um, Elmeric, uh, Channel Islands. Yeah, I've been riding those boards for quite some time, but late recently I've been down to the fun twin fins and stuff. Nice. Uh, I have one that I really really love. Like been able to just try to slow down surfing a little bit for me like it's hard when you when you're riding thrusters and you still want to surf like cocoho and that, all that but you can't <laughs> so you, you have to realize that your boards have to get a little bit bigger a little bit thicker and you want to you got to slow down a little bit and kind of just cruise and uh so that's kind of where i'm at i'm, I'm starting the cruise control that's nice 
So nothing wrong with from, that. From the past, the past women surfers, who who did you who was like your favorite in the past? Which um, as far as oh so women. Gosh, a lot. I mean, I didn't really know I mean I, I I did meet quite a few of the women from my past. Um one I I was able to to meet Rel Sun. Nice. And uh, actually, a lot, well, obviously in Hawaii, but before she passed, um, we we had started doing big Roxy events there. So I had that opportunity to meet her. But also we worked with Mario Oberg a few, a few years. Um, nice. Lynn Boyer. Uh, um, Linda Benson. Linda Benson. Uh, the Calhouns. The Calhouns. Um, I met a bunch of the girls um, recently at the Surfing Museum, uh, Surfing Heritage Museum. Um, yeah. And uh, there are a bunch of characters. Um, there's no <laughs> doubt. Like just being able to meet all of those uh, those pioneers of the sport um, recently, just even to know who they were. And I really bad with names, but I remember faces. And they are unbelievable women, and they have so much history. And uh, it was so cool to meet them and hang out with them um, during one of the events we had last year. I believe it was. And. Uh, uh, let's see who else. I mean, I looked up to. Oh yeah, I thought Kim Merrick had an unbelievable style. Uh, she ripped for sure. Let's see. You know, Wendy Botha was a huge influence on me because she was the generation before me. Yeah. Frida Zana was a neighbor of mine. She was um, just a very uh, aggressive surfer. She surfed pretty amazingly. Pam Burrage was super stylish and a groovy human being. Jody Cooper was. Also really cool. I remember surfing with those guys on the north side of Huntington when they'd come to town during the OP Pro, and and I harassed them because I didn't know better. <laughs> and, and I remember later on, Jody told me that I was the biggest brat in the water. So it pretty much um, made me realize, God, you know, I probably was, and I said, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was just all these great memories of surfing with those guys. And, um, you know, uh, see, I'm forgetting a million people, but um, – yeah, it was just I've, all of them. They were all yeah. like, they're all legends and they're all heroes. Uh, who, who, uh, who, who in this generation right now impresses generation. you the most? You know, I'm a big Stephanie Gilmore fan because of she's just, so good. You know, you can dissect her surfing and, and just be and appreciate every part of it. Um, and then I'm a big fan of Chris Moore because I've seen what she's accomplished since she was such a young girl and and. I appreciate every part of her surfing too. And I'm a big fan of Coco Ho because I love the technical part of surfing and she's got such a strong technical approach yeah. and, and, and does it with style as well. But, but every one of those girls has such a thing, you, you know, one thing they stand out for and yeah. not just their, like the ability to, um, you know, not their surfing ability, but just their, their presence in the media and then just the way they carry themselves professionally. And like, it's just like, wow, what's happened in surfing. It's like yeah. beyond incredible. So, uh, there's a lot to be proud about. Yeah. I'm bummed because, you know, before when, before WSL and, and ASP, before it was tele webcasted, you know, we didn't get a chance to see some of the, the your heats from back in the day. And, you honestly kind of ushered in that new school of women surfing. And it's, it's a bummer that there's not enough content that we can readily see. You know, Hey, that's, that's, that's an interesting point because nowadays everything is filmed and, you know, cause of the social media and yeah. 
there was not, nothing done back then. I yeah. don't have of anything like until I started working with Quicksilver where we had people paid to yeah. film all the time. Like, yeah. There was just no documentation of anything. Yeah. You know, that's so weird, right? Because like, like now I watch women's heats, you know what I yeah, mean? Because totally. the, the yeah. level of surfing and I, and you know, I wanted to give you props because you were like that woman that kind of like made it more exciting to watch. Um, don't so. you also think that like, and also too, you've been watching and also surfing a lot with, um, with Kaylee Moniz and um, like, you know, back in the day, Cassia, um, or Cassia Medor. Yeah. And having the opportunity to surf with all those guys, you know, on, on surf trips. Like, there's just a lot of surfing to be appreciated that not everybody gets to see every day. Yeah. So you can sit here and just go on and on and on about what you've seen and what you've, you know, what you have learned from watching every type of surfer and every genre. And it's, like, pretty intense. Like, I actually watched the, um, the event up in Noosa this year because – I'm a big fan of, um, I've become more of a big fan of, of longboarding than I ever have because of the talent now in that, that sport. Yeah. So cre- those, those, those guys are so, and girls are so creative and, mm-hmm. and the, and the, it, they make it look so easy, but if you've ever ridden a longboard so hard. and do what they're doing, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. <clears throat> you know what else is really hard? Holding your bladder for three hours. So. <laughs> <laughs> we got to cut it off, huh? We're, 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 uh, yeah, we're good too. I yeah. have a, a, I don't know, a team meeting I got to get on for, for work, unfortunately. Three minutes. So that's okay. a, that's a pee break and a coffee. Lisa, <laughs> Randy, oh my gosh, this has been a yeah. super fun conversation. Yeah, um, yeah congrats on all your guys' uh, body of work, your life, and, and everything you guys have uh, contributed to surfing. Thank you. Can you Thank do me you. a favor though? Can you send me like, video or um old pictures of yourself surfing both of you so i could promote it on instagram i want to see lisa in those 21 inch men's board shorts <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right i'll have to I'll the have chance to <laughs> we gotta to dig deep that. yeah we, we can find cool i'm just kidding yeah well, all right thanks, thank you guys, guys. thank you all guys right, so awesome. much have a great day yeah, and stay safe stay and healthy. Safe, healthy yep you too peace see ya bye bye Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.